welcome to the Simple Church Podcast, where we are seeking solutions to common problems through a simplistic lens. Now, to start out today, I want to say something that I've gotten a lot of comments on, a lot of emails, so to speak, about where I am and what church am I a part of and all this kind of stuff. Guys, when I say church, I don't want you to think building. I don't want you to think location. You don't have a church. I don't have a church. In my belief system, the church is the church. No matter where you gather, no matter what you um, claim to be denominationally, if you are a Bible-believing church, then I call you a church. So if I say the church, I'm not talking about your church. I'm not talking about my church. I'm basically talking about the church, right? Big C church instead of little C church, right? So we're talking about every single believer that is the body of Christ, So when I say I'm going to help the church or the church has this problem, I'm talking about everybody, okay? I'm not just talking about my church or your church or this other church, okay? So with that being said, let's get started, okay? So in church, we sometimes seek an elusive power. You know what I mean? Something that transforms us. We We are going to the gathering. We are trying to be a part of the body so that we can experience something that transforms us. Something that brings a remedy to the things that all of us struggle with or hold us in bondage. So many times in this endeavor, though, we have you ever noticed that we fall short? And we fall short by means of consistency. So let me explain that to you. Once we start the transformation or sanctification process, we sometimes stumble, right? Like you'll notice something in your life that needs to change and you uh, admit that thing to God. You feel the conviction in your heart and, and you try to make the steps to fix this, all right? And then for some reason, we just go right back into it. Like we fall back into this major issue that we've tried to deal with for years and years and years. It seems like no matter how hard we try, we just can't shake it. You you ever have one of those sins in your life, one of those struggles? The Bible calls them strongholds. These things you just cannot shake, the things you try over and over. But we've repented, right? And we're ashamed if we go backwards. So that's why we keep it hidden and we struggle alone. And I'm going to tell you something. There's not a sin in the world that you were meant to struggle alone. That is the whole purpose of the body of Christ. That is the purpose of the church. That is God's church. So that we don't have to keep things hidden and we don't have to struggle alone. In the church world, we have a process that is kind of the standard. And the problem is that many times this standard falls short. This is the thing that we tell people to do. This is the thing that people do. And for some reason or another, it doesn't always end up like we want it to end up. You know what it looks like. You want to pray to God, uh, ask forgiveness, and boom, it's gone. Everything's delivered, right? You're, you're, You're done. And so this is the process that we have. First off, we have the Holy Spirit in us, right? So we're convicted of sin. You notice something in your life that needs to change or God highlights something in your life. And you'll find this out. The closer you get to God, 
the more he lights up, right? You're going to see areas of your life that you might not have seen before. So we're convicted of sin. That's the very first thing. We've got the sin in mind. We know what that sin is. So the first thing that we always do in that situation is ask for forgiveness. So that's the second step in the process. We ask for forgiveness. We ask God to forgive us of this sin. And then the third step, never do that again. So let me, let me ask you a question. How is that working for you? I bet it looks like something like this, that you're convicted, you notice the sin, you ask forgiveness, but then you do it again. And then you repeat the process, right? Because you did it again, you're convicted again, you ask for forgiveness again, and then it happens again. And you repeat this process until you finally give up and accept it as who you are. And guess what? When you do that, the enemy wins. That's where, we're, where we come into strongholds. These are things that you just accept. This is just part of who I am. You might even go to the Bible and try to figure out how it's biblical. I've heard a lot of people say, well, you know, I'm, I have liberties because of Jesus. And, and I agree with that 100%. But listen, that does not mean you give up. That does not mean you stop listening to conviction. It does not mean you get your heart harder. But there's got to be a way. But for some reason or another, this process doesn't work for a lot of us. And I believe the reason why the problem, so to speak, is that there is a step missing. Now, this step is controversial. I just want you to know that before we ever dive into this. This is not something we talk about. This is not something that happens a lot in the body gatherings. It's just not. And it's almost never encouraged and seldom ever practiced. But you're dying to hear what this step is, aren't you? The step is confession. I had a guy come to me years and years ago that was a part of AA, which is Alcoholics Anonymous. And I think it's a great program. I do. And, and I think that the 12 steps are biblical. I really do. Um, and even though they've gotten away from that over the years, um, and they do struggle with a thought process of sobriety, salvation, meaning all you got to do is be sober. Don't worry about the rest of the sin in your life. And I do disagree with that. But there is this one step that I absolutely love. And this guy comes to my house one night and he says, look, I'm an AA and I was trying to help him walk through his addiction processes. And he said, I need to fifth step you. And I was like, what in the world is he talking about? And I said, well, that's fine, man. Just come on over. So he came over and it's about 930 at night, came to my house and he said, look, I need to fifth step you. And I said, what is the fifth step? And he said, I need to confess sin to you. Talk about my past. Talk about all the sins. And I was like, oh man, that's, that sounds fantastic. I've never had anybody do that before. Generally, we hide those things. So I said, let's go. So he said, well, to start out, when I was seven years old, I stole a piece of gum from a store. And I just, <laughs> I just had to stop him right there. And I was like, okay, man, let's, let's discuss how old are you now? He said, 37. And I looked down at my watch. It was like 9.45. And I was like, this is going to be an all-nighter. So 2 o'clock in the morning, he finally finished confessing. 
Now, you might think that is not something that you're interested in doing, but I'm telling you something. There is power in confession. And let me explain to you why. But to do that, we got to go to the Word, right? we got to go to the Bible because the Bible is our authority for everything. So James 5, starting in verse 13, says this. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call on the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of the faith will save the one who is sick. And the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Now listen to this next one. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. So the first thing that I want to bring up about this passage of Scripture is that sin is most definitely a sickness. It is a sickness of the soul. Forgiveness of sin is something only God can do. And when you ask forgiveness and you repent in your heart, God's grace takes over and through Jesus, your sins are wiped clean in God's eyes. But our flesh, and this is something that, that we, we really got to pay attention to, is still in the game. And according to the Bible, it is weak. It is sick with sin and therefore what? It needs to be healed. And James tells us that for healing to take place, there must be confession. Now, I know that confession is not something you hear about a lot, and it's not something you're really encouraged to do. And there's a few reasons for that. Number one, people might judge you, right? What if people just off you because you've got sin in your life? Well, that's not really the church. All right, and I do know, and, and I think we can all agree that there are people in the church that are not of the church. And, and I think that's one reason that we don't confess sin is that we're scared people gonna, are gonna reject us or, or, or judge us in some way. And another thing is that we have so much shame. Now, this is a tool of the enemy, all right? For you to feel guilt and shame because of sin that's in your life is how he keeps these sins secret, how he keeps them hidden. So we've got to get over those two things first, the shame and guilt and the judgment. That You've got to throw that out. Why? Because it's all lies of the enemy. Okay? So let's talk about the power of confession and how it is demonstrated. All right. And so I want to talk about this in two different ways because I think, think there are two really, really big powers when it comes to confession. Number one is the power of the freedom that it gives. Now, you know what this looks like. If you've ever had a secret sin or something that you're hiding, something that's just weighing you down that you don't want anybody to know. And if you're a pastor, you probably have uh, more of these because there's a lot less that we want people to know about us. But if you're just a regular person in the body, just a lay member in the body, 
it still applies to you. You you have this secret sin and it's weighing you down. Now, one of the things that I've seen over and over is that when people confess sin or admit to something that they're struggling with, they find an immediate freedom with that struggle. I've got guys that said they fit, they can second it only to salvation experience. Why? Because it was such a light weight that they were carrying around now. There was such a load that was taken off of them. And I had one guy, <laughs> this is a true story, that, that loved that freedom so much, he began to confess to everybody he ran into. And I'm not necessarily suggesting that, but it's amazing this power of freedom that it gives you once that sin is out in the open. Once darkness is exposed to light, and remember something, this is key. You are either going to confess sin or be caught in sin. Sin is not going to be hidden. Why? Because the Bible says that which is in darkness will always come to light. So the very first power that confession gives us is this freedom of knowing it's okay. It's out. I'm not hiding anything anymore. But remember, you've got to get over the judgment and shame and guilt thought process that is a lie. So the very first thing is freedom. The second thing is a thing that I call second grace. Now, let me explain to you what second grace is. When you repent of sin, when you ask God for forgiveness, his grace takes over. And that is one of the most wonderful thing about God is it doesn't matter how deep your sin runs. It doesn't matter how devastating your sin might be. God's grace is always there. But there is another grace. And it is not to be over the first grace. The first grace, God's grace, is the ultimate grace. But the second grace is this, grace in community. When you experience that that lie that everybody's going to reject you and everybody's going to judge you gets exposed through a truth that is grace in community, it is amazing to see that power. We had a guy one time, and this is very difficult uh, for a lot of people to understand. And, you know, maybe you can't do this or wouldn't even think about doing this. But one of the things that, that happened with this guy is he had had infidelity. And he confessed to his wife. He confessed to me, his pastor. But then... He confessed to the entire church on stage on a Sunday morning. The entire body that was gathered at that location heard him confess. Now, I know a lot of you are thinking, man, that's just crazy. But let me tell you what happened. The church wrapped him and his wife up in ways you can't possibly imagine. And now their marriage is better than it ever has been before. Why? Because they were never meant to struggle through this alone. And now there is a literal army of people that support them and that walk with them through the community that gave them grace. And that's something that's so scary. This is one of the, probably the biggest things that stops us from confessing publicly is that we're scared there is no community in grace. And as long as the enemy can keep you believing that, he will keep you hidden, it will keep you struggling, and it'll keep you isolated and alone in your sin. 
And that is not the way God designed you to be. He, he designed the body for this reason. So let's talk about how to do this, okay? Now, I know we've talked about what it does and why we need to do it, but let's talk about the practical aspects of what confession actually looks like. So step one in confession is you got to find the right person. I do not advise just going up and confessing sin to any and everybody. Why? Because not any and everybody is where they need to be with Christ. But you've got to find the right person. This is a person that loves you. This is a person that has encouraged you to seek God. This is a person that cares more about your spiritual life than your reputation or your status in the community. This is a person that's going to hold you accountable. And it's a person that is going to push you forward. It is very, very important that you get this person right. Now, for some of you, like me in my situation, there is actually a group of these people. And these people are people that I confess to. If I have sin in my life, I let them know. When we meet together, we always try to confess sin. Why? Because we want to experience the freedom. We want to experience the second grace. And we want to be healed. So you've got to find that right group or that right person to do this. Now, I do want to put a little caveat in here. If, if you have a marriage confession that needs to take place, your spouse is somebody you need to confess to. You can confess to your pastor. You can, If you're Catholic, you can go in one of them little rooms and, and talk to the priest but if you're not confessing to your spouse, or it might not be your spouse, it might be somebody you've sinned against. If you're not confessing to them, you're never going to experience the healing power. You're never going to experience the freedom, never going to experience the grace. And this is why, because the sin is still hidden. So just telling somebody's not enough. You've got to find the right person. And if somebody else is involved in your sin, you've got to confess to that person as well. So step one in confession is finding the right person. Step two is being completely vulnerable. Now, let me explain to you what this means. A lot of people confess sin publicly by saying, I'm really struggling right now. Just pray for me. They're not willing to be completely vulnerable. So one of the things I always do when somebody confess to me and go, what struggle? And it always creates an uncomfortableness because once again, they go right back to the lies of the enemy, judgment, shame, guilt, and they don't want to be completely vulnerable. They want to be vulnerable in a safe way. But the truth is the healing power of confession, the freedom, the second grace that we've talked about comes from being completely honest and completely open. So if you've got a hair-raising sin, something that is just unreal, it's even more important that you confess that sin in its entirety. So you've got to be completely vulnerable. Don't be vague and don't confess something to test the waters. I know a lot of people do that. You need to have faith that there will be grace in community and you need to be completely vulnerable. Do your part, regardless of what anybody else does, do your part and be completely vulnerable confessing your sin. And then the third step is this, experience the healing power. 
through accountability, through love, and through grace, I'm telling you, this is the step that we struggle with the most. But it is the only step that the Word of God says creates healing. I want you to be delivered. I want you to be healed of sin. Now, if you're a pastor or you're a, a ministry leader, this is so important for you. Confess your sin. Find the right person. Be completely open and honest and experience the healing power of freedom and grace. Remember, confession should be a part of every single church gathering. Why? Because we want to see people healed. We want to see sins forgiven. We want to see people delivered. We want to see strongholds broken. And one of the ways you can do that is to trust in God and not trust in the lies that the enemy is telling you. God says this is the way we're supposed to do things. We are to be held accountable. We are to be pushed forward, to be admonished and rebuked if needed. But we also are to experience grace of God first and then the grace of community. So if there's something that, that you're dealing with, something that's in your heart, that you're hiding, get it open, get it out. Talk to someone today. Don't let it wait. Don't let it fester. Trust in God. Don't trust in those lives. Confess your sins. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope this has helped you. And if it has, I want you to follow, subscribe, whatever you need to do. More content is coming and we're excited about what the future holds uh, for the podcast. I've gotten a lot of support for it so far. And I just want to say right off the bat, thank you. Um, if you don't know me, my personality is, I don't like to put myself out there. Um, and so for me to be able to do this, being that I'm not pastoring uh, or preaching anywhere, but I can still give out content and still give out the truth of God's word is a really a big, big honor. So thank you so much. Remember, share it with your friends and let's see what we can conquer. And always remember, no matter what, keep it simple.